It is so good to be with you today to, uh, to share God's Word. If you have your copy of God's Word, whether it be uh, a physical copy or your or electronic copy of God's Word, can you turn to John chapter 14? That's going to be our passage for today. I, uh, I believe that God has a, a timely word for us in this season today, and I'm so excited to be here to share it with you. And uh, we want to welcome all of our locations. We want to welcome Davidson. Come on, let's give it up for Davidson and all of our online people, all of our online campus. Come on, let's give it up for all those that are watching us online. We love you. We, we cannot wait to see you. And then, come on, let's give it up for all the people in the house this morning. It's so exciting to see you guys. Uh, you know, this has been such a, a strange season, especially for pastors. Um, you know, we, we love you guys so much, and you guys got to see us on the screen for like 13 weeks, you know. And uh, so you guys were seeing us, and I had someone came up. They said, oh, it's so good that we got to see you all this time. I said, yeah, but we haven't seen you guys in 13 weeks. And so every week when we get to see some of you, it's like seeing, it's like a family reunion. And it's so exciting uh, to see you and hear what God is doing in your life. And uh, so we are excited to, to be here sharing God's Word uh, with you today. Now, now today may, I'm going to be teaching a little bit on a message called Don't Be Troubled. How, how many of you know that there's a lot of trouble going on in our world today? There's a lot of things going on that would be troubling, but one of the things, one of the promises, if, if this is if something that you walk out of this service with today, I want you to walk out with this truth, and that is... Because you go through trouble doesn't mean that you have to be troubled. I'm going to say that again. Just because you go through trouble doesn't mean that you have to be troubled. And that's what we find here in, in, in Jesus' command to us in John chapter 14, verse 1. And in order to set up John 14, 1, I want to teach you how to study God's Word. When you're studying God's Word, you always want to go back and see the context of a passage of Scripture. One of the reasons that we have so much false teaching out there today is because people like to, they come with a premise and then they, they look for one scripture to support their premise rather than taking the context of the scripture. And so I want to make sure we understand John 14, 1 in its context. And so in order to understand that, we need to look at John chapter 13. And in John chapter 13, these are some of the things that are happening. We see that Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples. We see that he's washing their feet. We see that he's having communion with them, and he's saying, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. This is my blood. It's going to be spilled for you. He is, he is predicting that someone in the group is going to betray him. He is telling them that I'm getting ready to leave, and where I'm going, you're not going to be able to go with me. He tells Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me before the night is over. Can I tell you, he, Jesus has been walking th them through a, a scene and a picture that is troubling. Can you imagine? Here are these disciples. They've been given their life with him for the last three years. And now Jesus says, I'm going to be leaving where I'm going. You can't go with me. And, and you're, one of you is going to betray me. All of these things. Here's my body. It's going to be broken. All these things. And then we see John 14.1. And if you'll look in your, your Bibles there, John 14.1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus said, he, Jesus got, just got through listing a whole lot of troubling things. And then he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. 
If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me and that, that you may be where I am. Verse 4, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas speaks up and he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how do we know how to get there? And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, everybody say no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here's one of my favorite things to do in my Bible devotion times. This is one of the methods of, of, of Bible devotion for me is that I like to take a passage of Scripture um, and I like to, to do what I call the, the emphasizing every word method, all right? So, so what I do is this. So Philippians 4.13, let's take that for example. Most of us know that passage, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what I'll do is I'll sit down with my journal and I will write out the, the passage, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what I'll do is I'll circle I. And so I'll read it back. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I will write it again, and this time I will circle can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I'll do it again, and this time I circle do. I can do all things through Christ. And every time that I read that, as you can see, when you emphasize a different word, it brings out a new truth. It unveils that passage a little bit differently. And so, so can I do that with you with John chapter 14, verse 1 right here, just this first line, and, and, and hopefully today encourage you in this process. And so John 14, 1 says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not let your heart be troubled, all right? So, so as, as you see, when we read this passage, we can, as we're reading through this, God begins, as his spirit begins to unveil different things. And so what I want to encourage us with today is this, is that in this season that we are walking through, it is up to, it is up to you and it is up to me whether or not we are going to let our heart be troubled, you see, there, when it says, don't let your heart be troubled, for all the English people in here, all the, uh, that loved English when they were in school, when you start a sentence off with a verb, that means there's a, there's a, a, a subject that is missing. There's a noun that's missing at the beginning of it, and, and it's an understood thing. So when it says, don't let your heart, the, the understood, understood um, word there is, you don't let your heart be troubled. Because the, the responsibility is on you as to the condition of your heart. Now, this is important for us because I think many of us think that if we can just get ourselves into the perfect environment, then we will not have a troubled heart. If we can just find a situation where everything is peaceful, then we will be peaceful on the inside. But can I just tell you that in Genesis chapter 3, you see Adam and Eve, they're in a perfect garden, they're in a perfect situation, and yet the enemy still convinces them that they're missing something, and he brings a troubledness to their heart and causes them to sin. It's not your outward environment that causes the trouble within. You see Jesus who is in a boat and there's a storm going on and all the disciples are scared. Jesus is asleep. Why? Because to Jesus, the outward environment does not dictate the inward environment. 
The atmosphere around you should not dictate the atmosphere inside of you, and it is up to you and I. You see, it's your heart. You are the steward of your heart. Now, for some of us, we may say, well, I gave my heart to my wife. Now it's her responsibility to make sure that I'm not troubled. But the thing is, it's not her responsibility. It's not your children's responsibility. It's not your co-worker's responsibility to make sure you're not troubled. It's not your pastor's responsibility to make sure you're not troubled. It's not, it's not the Facebook's uh, responsibility to make sure you're not troubled. It's your responsibility to make sure that your heart is not troubled. Now, for some of you, that, that may feel impossible, but can I just tell you, God has never asked us to, us to do something that we cannot do. If God has said, don't let your heart be troubled, then it's possible for you to not let your heart be troubled. The gift to you and I as believers is this, is that we can go through troubles without being troubled. Later in that chapter, John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts, he says it again, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The atmosphere at your work, the atmosphere in your home, the atmosphere on Facebook, the atmosphere in our country, it is troubling. But it does not have the right or the power to dictate the condition of your heart. And if it does, it's because you have let it. I'm going to say it again. It's because you have let it. Isaiah 43, 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In other words, he's saying the outward environment will not consume you. What's going on on the outside doesn't consume you. Psalm 27 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. In other words, it's them that will fall. Though, my army, though an army may besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out around me and against me, even then will I be confident in my heart, in a world filled with trouble, how do we protect our heart from becoming troubled? The world would suggest two different ways. They would suggest that, number one, that you suppress your emotions, that you just try to figure out a way not to feel it. Uh, they want to medicate it. They want to figure out other ways for you to, to press it down so that you don't feel the trouble, you don't feel the emotions. The other extreme that the world would do is they would try to say you need to, you need to cover up those, those uh, troubles and, and trouble, cover up those emotions with pleasure. Find ways just to celebrate. Find ways to, to make yourself happy. But Jesus gives us the answer. He doesn't just simply say don't let your heart be troubled and walk away. He, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. And then he gives us the way that we can walk through this season in 2020 with a heart that is confident, with a heart that is not filled with fear, with a heart that has the peace that is not understood by this world. And so let me give you just a few things that he says here. First thing he says is this, is he says, you, he says let, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, Jesus knows that the acknowledgement of God as our creator is the beginning of peace. 
as long as you feel like that there is that the situation around you is out of your control and out of God's control, then you will not be at peace. But when you believe that there is a God, when you believe that there is a creator who has created you and he has chosen you to live in 2020. Now, some of you are like, God, I, why did you pick 2020 of all the times that I could be alive? God chose you for a purpose. God has chosen you specifically to be alive June 28, 2020, because God has a plan and a purpose. He is your creator. He is your father. And when you can embrace that in your heart, when you begin to walk against troubling times, you can look inside and say, God knows what he's doing. He put me here for a reason. There must be something that I can do that can bring healing and can bring strength and can bring favor into this community. God knows what he's doing. And if you can believe in God, if you can believe in your creator, if you can believe that God does not make a mistake and that he didn't all of, he didn't, you know, just all of a sudden say, oh, Sal, I didn't mean 2020, I meant 1820. I didn't, I didn't mean, I, you're, you're 200 years. You know. No, no, God, God meant for you to be here today because God has a plan and a purpose for you and for your life. And when you can embrace that, when the enemy begins to attack, you can have a confidence to know that God is up to something. He doesn't just say, believe in God. He says, you have to believe in me. You see, this world wants to tell you it's okay to believe in God, but Jesus, maybe not so much. The world around us wants to say, you know what, there's many gods. You know, there's many ways. But Jesus says, if you're going to be confident, if you're going to walk through this world and you're not going to live troubled, you can't just believe in God. You have to believe in Jesus. Can I tell you that today, if you're in this room or you're watching us online, Jesus is is the answer. A couple years ago, I was uh, preaching, and I, I broke into song, and I had Corey start playing behind me with the song, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Let me tell you, Jesus is the answer for our culture. Jesus is the answer for racism. Jesus is the answer for COVID-19. Jesus is the answer for your marriage problems. Jesus is the answer for addiction. Jesus is the answer. Oh, I thought you would clap a little bit more on that. Jesus is the answer. It's not just knowing about God, but it's knowing God. It's not just knowing about Jesus, but it's knowing Jesus. A settled heart comes when we know God, when we're in relationship with him. Philippians 4, 6 says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you want a heart that is at peace, it comes whenever your heart and your mind is in Christ Jesus. Jesus goes on to say this. He says that we can live at peace not just by knowing God and knowing him, but we can be at peace knowing that he has gone on to prepare a place for us. John 14, 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. On uh, Wednesday nights, I don't know if you guys have been joining us at Deeper, we've been going through the book of Revelation, and this coming Wednesday, we're going to be talking about heaven. We're going to be talking about hell this coming Wednesday, so we encourage you to, to join us uh, to, for that study on Wednesday night. But what Jesus is saying here is this, is that I'm going to prepare a place for you. I am going to prepare 
your future. And because, because Jesus has prepared our future, we can be settled knowing that whatever we're going through today, we're going to make it because our future is better than our today. So let me put it like this. A few years ago, uh, Brandy and I had the opportunity to go down to one of these uh, all, all-inclusive resorts down in Cancun in, in Mexico. And uh, it was one of those places where you don't have to, I mean, the, there's like several restaurants. You don't have to pay anything. You can just leave a tip. That's all you got to do. You, you, there's, uh, you go to the pool and all this stuff. They, they just come and they just bring you stuff all day long. You don't have to pay anything. It's just, it's wonderful. It's just this wonderful place. And we had some friends that had told us about this uh, trip uh, beforehand that had actually gone. And, and so we were really excited about, about the trip. And so we got on the plane. We get down there. And we get off the plane. We get on the van. To, it's going to take us to this resort. And we start driving through Mexico. And... Uh, <laughs> And as we're passing places, I'm looking and I'm like, this doesn't look like the brochure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I hope that's not our hotel. I hope that's not where we're staying. I, I, and as I'm passing through places, I'm seeing all of these um, different places in Mexico that I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not going to be staying there. But can I just tell you, my heart was not troubled because I'd seen the brochure, and I'd been told where, where I was going. And so I was able to pass through all of that knowing that where I'm going is going to be better than what I'm seeing right now. You understand what I'm saying? And can I just tell you, sometimes we get so caught up in where we are right now in this world. Can I just tell you, this is not your home This is not your destination. COVID-19 is not your destination. Addiction is not your destination. The marriage problems, that's not your destination. 2 Corinthians says this, Therefore we do not lose our heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is eternal. Another way to look at this is just simply this. Not just looking at heaven, but can I just tell you that Jesus has prepared a future for you? And Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he, the, the future that he has prepared for you is not to harm you, but it's to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. So if you're walking through something right now that looks like trouble, can I just tell you that's not your destination? That's not the plan that God has for you, that God is going to take you to a better place, that God is going to take you to a place of favor. So (laughs) he goes on to say this. He says we can have a settled heart not only because we know Jesus, not only because we know where he's taken us, we know our our end result, but, but we can know the way. Jesus says that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. I believe one of the reasons there are so many people that are unsettled today is because they're trying to find the way. They're trying to find truth. They're trying to find life. And when you're on that search, it can be unsettling. It can be troubling. And Jesus says, you have found the way. You have found the truth. You have found the life whenever you find me. The world system wants us, to, wants us to believe that there's many ways to heaven, that there's many ways 
to a relationship with God in, in a lower G sense there. There's, there's many ways for us to, to express ourselves through religion. The world wants to tell us that truth is subjective and you get to choose your own truth. But here's the problem. Whoever is the holder of truth is the Lord. <laughs> so if you get to choose your own truth, that means you're setting yourself up as God. You're setting yourself up as the Lord. So if you get to choose your own truth, he tells, the world is telling us that we get to choose whatever life we want to live. But the Bible is clear and it says that there is a life. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction. So every lifestyle that is chosen does not lead to happiness. Every lifestyle that is chosen does not lead to a right relationship with the Lord. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. If you find yourself getting caught up in this thinking of, well, you know what? That's their way. That's their truth. That's a very common thing right now. I don't know if you've been watching anything in our culture. Is You get to have your truth. I get to have my truth. And we'll all just respect one another's truth. Can I just tell you that is a spirit of antichrist right there? It is a spirit of antichrist and you cannot fall into that trap. You cannot let your children fall into that trap. It is a spirit of antichrist. Why? Because Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And if, the, and if our children or if we're getting to choose our own truth, then we're setting ourselves up as Christ, which is antichrist. And we're in a world right now that is, that is uh, so uh, full of itself, believing that it, it, that it in and of itself is the way and the truth. In this world of pandemic and, and racial injustice going on, riots, politics, division, businesses closing, marriages that are broken, broken there is so much trouble in this world. But we do not have to be men and women who are troubled. Can I just tell you, when I look, I, I've been doing a, you know, a couple weeks ago I did a complete fast like Pastor Doug had asked us on Facebook and just stayed off of it. And now I'd taken it off my phone so that if I go to it, I'm going there to post something for, for the church or something like that. So I'm going to it. And can, can I just say that when I read people's Facebook posts, um, I can see the troubling in their heart. Because I see men and women that are, I know they're followers of Christ. They're men and women who I know their heart. I've had conversations with them. I know that, I know that they're good people. But they're sharing things that has foul, profane language in it. And I think that they think because they're not the author of it, that somehow it's not a reflection of their current heart situation. But can I tell you, if you're liking things and you're sharing things that are, that are angry, if you're sharing things that are troubling, that, are, that show a troubled heart, it may be that you've got a troubled heart going on right now. There, there are so many things in our culture, in our society, there are so many reasons to be troubled, but God wants us to show this world how to be men and women of peace. We're not in an anger contest with the world. People like to use that scripture where Jesus goes and he turns over some, some tables in the temple and say, look, Jesus got upset. I can get upset too. Let me tell you, you know who he got upset with? Church people. He didn't get upset with the world. He didn't go to Herod's temple and turn over Herod's stuff. He went to church and he said, this is my father's house. 
My father's house should be a house of prayer. He had a zeal for the, for the father's house. He didn't go out into the marketplace and turn over tax collectors tables. That's not the way of Jesus. So we want to use that passage as, as, as some kind of excuse that we can go out and be troubled in the world. We are meant to be agents of peace. God has made you and I ministers of reconciliation, ministers of peace. And if we're going to walk through this troubling time with a witness, it's not going to be that we can shout angry, louder than the world. It's going to be that we can walk through trouble with peace in our heart. Can I tell you what the world's looking for right now is, is, is men and women who can walk with peace. Men and women who can walk with an untroubled heart. So, it was a year ago today that was the most troubled moment of my life and my family's life. I was at a cookout. It was a pool party. And I look and I see something that no father should ever have to see. I see my son floating face down in a pool. I jump in and I get him and I pull him out and I put him on the side of the pool and he's blue. He's dead. Some people that were there at the party who had medical background, they began to work on him immediately and for the next several minutes I sat there and I, <laughs> I had to ask people what I was doing because I, in my mind I, I couldn't even, I, I don't even know what I was doing in that moment. I knew what my wife was doing because she was laying flat on the ground telling the devil he will not have her child. <laughs> she, she, she was definitely doing some spiritual warfare in that moment. Um, an amazing miracle. God raised him. God brought him back to life. Um, we took him to the hospital and he was laying there in that hospital bed and the, the, um, I was so distraught that the nurses would not let me go back there. So they came to me, Sal, and they said, hey, why don't you come with us? <laughs> I was like, okay. I was, I was, I was bad. It was bad. I, I go, I sit in this little waiting area, and I hear the nurse in the hallway, and she's, she's on the phone, and she's saying, uh, we have a really distraught dad here. Can you send the chaplain, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yes, please send the chaplain. And uh, so th the chaplain came. They're taking my blood pressure and all that kind of stuff because I take meds for blood pressure. And so I was afraid I was going to stroke out or something right there. And, and um, it was totally troubling. It was, a, it was a, an unsettling situation that I would not wish on, on anyone. God worked a miracle, and within 24 hours, this was my son. He was just joking around. Uh, they showed the picture. This is him. He was complete. No symptoms. He's, he's wonderful. Um, yeah, come on. Give the Lord a clap offering. That's, that's good. But here's, here's what happened was this, is that for the next few months, um, I... I was dealing with a troubled heart. So within 24 hours of, of this incident, um, this was on a Friday night last year, um, all I could think about was this, was this was the enemy troubling my heart. The enemy kept saying, where were you for your son? He kept saying, 
Hendrix was sinking in that pool thinking, my daddy's not here for me. And I was thinking my son was all alone. And I was beating myself up and I was troubled in my heart and I could not, I could not find peace. And we came here on a Sunday morning. It was here that Sunday morning and Pastor Doug had said, you know, we don't have to come. And I said, no, no, I'm, God raised my son from the dead. I'm coming to church, you know. Um, but I, w- I was sitting right there. And they sang a song that was the first time they'd ever sung it on Sunday morning. And these are the lyrics to the song. The last line of the verse says, I know I will never be alone. And the, the chorus says this, there was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there's a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. And I stood right there and I wept because the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, your son was not alone in that pool. There was another in the pool. There was another in the water. And so peace came to my heart in the middle of that trouble. For the next few months, I would be riding down the road where I'd be sitting in my office or I'd be sitting in the, in the living room. And all of a sudden, I would be transpo- I would, I'd be uh, translated back to that moment and my whole body would tense up and I would see my son floating in the pool and it, would, it, would, it was just the most anxiety <laughs> that I've ever experienced in a moment. And it would just come out of nowhere. Sometimes it would be because my son would come up and say, Daddy, did I die? And I was like, thanks, son, for reminding me. I appreciate that. Um, but this went on. So this is June 28th. And after about August or September, it started to ease up a little bit. And I'll never forget, and it was the first weekend of, in November, we went to a, I was getting my master's um, uh, degree, and we went to, uh, Seattle, Washington, out there for a, a class. And our teacher was telling a story of something that traumatic had happened to her when she was younger. And I was sitting there in, in the classroom, and it was, the class was in a house, and so I was sitting there at, at the table. And as she starts talking about this, I start having this anxiety that I haven't felt in a couple months that's coming over me. Then she starts talking about her relationship with her dad and things like that. And I had, it was like I could not, I had to get up and leave. I had to go. And I just got up and left. I just walked outside. I walked outside onto the deck and I just sat down and just sobbed. Didn't even know why. I thought, you know, I thought I was past this. I thought that, that I was done with this anxiety. I'm done with this troubling. And, and so I'm sitting there and, and you know, Pastor Kevin was in the class with me and so you know he comes out and he sits something next to me and he just puts his arm around me like this and like quiet like I don't know what to do um and then he starts asking me what's going on man you're right and um and just all of every emotion is just flooding through me and so um you know I was really embarrassed and all this sorts of things and our teacher tells us she says listen tomorrow we're going to do an exercise we're going to go up on a mountain and you're going to spend three hours alone um, on this mountain, and um, you're just going to ask the Lord to speak to you. 
And I was like, okay, great. Can I just be honest? For six months, I had avoided being really intimate, quiet with the Lord. Because how many of you know when you get intimate, quiet with the Lord, it's emotional? And I had been doing what I talked about at the beginning. I had been trying to suppress any emotion whatsoever. And, and so I'm like, okay, this is not going to be good, <laughs> you know. And so uh, we go up to the top of this mountain. It's beautiful. And I get there. And can I just tell you, I first started off just trying to look at trees and stuff. And I was just like, God, thank you for the tree. You know, I was just trying not to, not to let there be anything intimate at all happening with the Lord. And very loudly I heard the Holy Spirit, he said, get your iPhone out. And I was like, the teacher said we couldn't do our iPhone. <laughs> and, uh, but the Holy Spirit said, get your iPhone out. I was like, okay. So I pulled my iPhone out. He said, open Spotify. And I was like, I don't know if we're supposed to do this. The teacher said, no, get, get it. So I pulled out Spotify. I said, go to this list. Look at this song. It was a song that I, I think maybe I've heard somewhere, but I don't ever remember hearing it before. And he said, play that song. So I hit that song and so this was the words. It says, slow down, take time, breathe in, he said. He'd reveal what's to come. The thoughts in his mind, always higher than mine. He'll reveal all that's to come. Take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. Hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's, in the, he's never failing. He's never failing. And then the bridge says this, all you, uh, and you hold the stars who call them each by name, will surely keep your promise to me that I will rise in your victory. And you you who hold the stars, you call them each by name, you will surely keep me, your promises to me. I will rise in victory. And I just began to bawl. Begin to cry because the Holy Spirit was speaking to me directly in that moment and bringing courage to my heart. Now, Y'all know me. I'm, I'm, I'm just straightforward with you guys. That was the last time that I've had a breakdown moment or a flash moment was in that moment right there when the Lord said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal you, and I'm going to, it's going to be a victory that's unfolding for you. Now, Thursday, whenever I started prepping for today, <laughs> um, and I started having to remember this story in my head, um, can I just tell you the enemy has been doing, you know, waking up in the middle of the night for the last couple of nights. Um, and, and, and so, so the enemy, he will always try to bring that. But can I, I say all that to say this, I've gone through some trouble. You've gone through some trouble, but we don't have to live troubled. God does, his desire is not for us to live with anxiety. His desire is not for us to live with a troubled heart. His desire is for us to be people, men and women of peace. So all across this room as you bow your head right here in this moment. This was what I felt was my assignment for today. Is that there are some men and women in this room and there's some men and women that are watching online. There's some men and women right there in Davidson. And you are troubled in your heart. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with fear. And you're excusing that based on your surroundings. Excusing that based on what's happened to you. And you've almost accepted it as being something that's just going to be the way it is. 
And God has sent me here this morning with an assignment to tell you that though you walk through trouble, His desire and His plan for you is not to be troubled. His desire for you and for me is not to live in anxiety and in fear. You may not know what tomorrow holds, but His Word says right there, He's already gone ahead of us and He's prepared tomorrow for us. He's already prepared a place for us. We do not have to live in fear. So I want to pray two prayers. Number one, I want to pray this is the way to live a life that's not troubled is to know God. And if you're, if you're in this room today or you're watching online and you do not know Jesus, I don't want you to, to waste another moment of your life without knowing Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So I want to ask you to simply pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to repeat after me. And those online, would you pray? And, and, and in this moment, let's believe the Prince of Peace to come into your heart and into life and to breathe his breath of life, to breathe his breath of purpose, to breathe his breath of power into your life. So just simply pray this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again to bring me life, to bring me purpose. I give my heart. I give my soul. I give my yesterday. I give my tomorrow to you. In Jesus' name. Now I want to pray specifically for some of you are followers of Christ. I've been saved since I was six years old, but can I just tell you, I needed the Prince of Peace to come and to bring peace to this troubled heart. And I believe there's some people in this room, I believe there's some people watching online that you know that you're living with a troubled heart that you're, you're not meant to live with. I want to pray for you right now. So if that's you, whether you're watching online, if you're here in this room, or maybe you're right there in Davidson, I want you to place your hand over your heart. And I want to pray a, a prayer of healing for you right now. Lord, I pray right now. You said, don't let your heart be troubled. It is not your desire for us to live in anxiety and fear, for us to live with a troubled heart. Lord, I pray for those right now. Lord, they're waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks. They're in the middle of their day. They're having anxiety attacks. They're, they're living with a troubled spirit. Lord, I pray right now for your peace. I pray right now for your strength. I pray the breath of your Holy Spirit would begin to speak into their heart and into their mind and that you would bring calmness. There's another in the fire. You're not alone. There's another in the water. You're not alone. You're not walking through this, this trial by yourself. He's there with you. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lord, I pray healing right now. I, I command every assignment of the enemy against your people to be canceled right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for peace and for wellness. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that he's the Prince of Peace, say amen. Amen. Amen.